0: Good afternoon, welcome in to a top five Tuesday edition of Main Street Sports today, presented by mid Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yao and Maurice Patton here on this very fine Tuesday. Very fine. Very, very fine, fine Tuesday. If it would just stay very like this. Very fine for, for November 7th. Yeah, yeah, stay like this all day, every day. I think I would be just happy. Okay. <laughs> I would be just fine. It would not hurt my feelings, not one bit. Unfortunately, it's not going to stay this way, so we're going to enjoy it while we have it. It's supposed to stay this way pretty much through the week, though. Yeah, through the week, fine, but, you know. Well, I'll take it. I'm enjoying it while we have it. (laughs) I would much rather just be this way from here until, you know, May. Or until next November, mm-hmm. every day, just every like day. this. <laughs> you know, it's funny. That's what they say about Diego.
1: that's what they say about San Diego. You know, you would get bored if you had this weather every day. I'ma try me.
0: Listen, I don't give think it to you me it till
1: I get bored.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think you understand. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Listen, if I only and never have to change my closet.
1: I could get get rid of a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff.
0: (laughs) My closet could just be this.
1: uh, I got Mm -hmm. got
0: one set. This is all I got. I don't need a coat. I don't need, I mean, I don't need, you
1: know, Mm. I'm good to go. Yes. Yes.
0: It, you know,
1: Mm. all day long. Don't threaten me with a good time.
0: Ain't no doubt. Yeah. Oh, hope you guys are having a good time. We are excited about today's show because it's, basketball season i haven't found some i haven't found anywhere to put the the the, the towel yet but it's going to go back up at some point
1: we but, might have to put it on the wall but we yeah, can't cover the basketball the, the coveted basketball it any is longer hoops
0: season and we are excited about it so i uh, hope you guys are, are excited as well we've got blake lovell from southeastern 14 he's going to talk to us a little bit about sec opening night we were going to talk a little bit about Other games from around the mid-state as well as nationally that took place last night and may have caught our attention, we'll visit with Chip Walters as well as MTSU men and women get the win last night, but the men dominated a team that's likely going to be in the NCAA tournament, so pretty impressive win for Nick McDevitt.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and as I was watching that develop last night, I kind of flashed back to conversations that we had with, with Justin Buford and Huntsville and with Nick McDevitt um, over on campus, and they're like, we're probably going to take some lumps, but we're going to win some of these, too. Well, last night was the latter, and yeah. like you said, against a team that from the Horizon League is Highly regarded. That's right. And so picked to win the run. So So there you go. Highly regarded.
0: (laughs) I I mean, uh, it's pretty impressive. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that as well. Terry McCormick is going to have some news at three o'clock. I am sure. If you have not heard, there's some big news out of St. Thomas Sports Park. So we'll we'll talk with Terry about that a little bit later and all. But yeah, it's going to be a great show. Top five today is top five sports scandals
1: (laughs) can't imagine what prompted that
0: no i have no idea it was just out of the top of my head or something but yeah and this one's got a lot of depth to it there are a lot
1: of sports
0: scandals
1: so and and scandal is kind of open-ended too you can go in a lot of different
0: directions so we're gonna we're gonna draft the scandals um Yeah. All that coming your way. So also college football playoff committee is meeting probably now (laughs) and at seven o'clock tonight on Mm -hmm. ESPN, they will announce their uh, top 25. And so we'll tell you a little bit about what we think they're going to do, what they should do. Who knows? Uh, That way you don't have to watch tonight.
1: There you go. You got other things to do. Hey, we, we did help them with that last week.
0: Yeah. Well, by we, you mean you, uh, (laughs) then yes, (laughs) but, uh, Looking forward to it. It's going to yeah. be a good, good conversation. James Madison's
1: mm. back in the news. So mm. There's just a lot going it's on. Still plenty, in the news. Plenty plenty going on. Oh, James Madison basketball in the news as well. So yeah, they,
0: they, they're they not taking any sports off. No. No sports off at JMU. So
1: Better recognize. It's
0: going to be going to be a good show. Looking forward to it. I hope you guys will stick around right now. We're going to give you yesterday's results and today's schedule on The Rundown.
1: This
2: is The Rundown.
1: College men's basketball lesson from Monday night, Austin P beats life. Didn't we all ever say that? 90 to 72, the Govs with the win. Come back fashion, though. Yeah. Well, life had them going for a
2: minute. <laughs>
1: Doesn't it all. Yeah. <laughs> um, Belmont with an 89, sorry, 89-87 win over Georgia State. Wichita State 76, Lipscomb 59. As we mentioned, Middle Tennessee State with that seventy-four fifty-seven win over Northern Kentucky, uh, Tennessee State downs Fisk seventy-six sixty-one, and Tennessee with an eighty-to forty-two victory over Tennessee Tech on the summit in Thompson Bowling Arena at the Food City Center.
0: Yep, on in at. Yep, yeah, there we go. Women's basketball action last night. Karen Booker getting her season started off with a bang. Downing Austin Peay 75-59. Not just a win, but a dominant performance from the Lady Trojans. So, well done there. Missouri downs Belmont yesterday morning at 72-61. Middle Middle Tennessee State gets a 67-47 win over Memphis. Tennessee. Hold up. Over
1: Memphis and former Lady Raider assistant Alex Simmons. Poor Alex. Yeah.
0: Uh, Tennessee State with a 53-47 win over Wilbur Force. North Alabama Downs, UT Southern, 90-47. to And I had to go find that on UNA's website because UT Southern did not have the score listed. <laughs> and,
1: and, if you don't list it, did it happen?
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Kennesaw State came to Memorial and went back to Georgia with their tails tucked 98-51. to
1: Today's schedule... On the men's side, seven o'clock. You can see it on SEC Network Plus. The Blue Hose of Presbyterian come to Memorial Gym, taking on the Vanderbilt Commodores. Women's action six o'clock on ESPN Plus. Lipscomb is at Evansville at five thirty on SEC Network Plus. Florida A&M is at Tennessee. Um, college football tonight. A little action. Central Michigan is at Western Michigan. That's at six on ESPNU, also at six on CBS Network, uh, Sports Network. Ball State is at Northern Illinois. And Ohio is at Buffalo at 630 on the deuce on the ice. Predators still out west, taking on Calgary. Pump drop eight o'clock on Valley Sports South and in soccer. Nashville Soccer Club at Geotas Park backs to the wall. Down one game, nil in this series against Orlando City. That one starts at 8 o'clock and can be seen on Apple TV. And that is your rundown.
0: Our friends at Piggly Wiggly and neely's meal shopping center here in columbia make sure to go see them if you are needing a good lunch they got great lunch specials with cobblers meats vegetables and all that your uh your choice you can combine whatever you need to combine to make a great lunch so make sure to go see them for that hand cut meats fresh daily as well as produce and more all of your grocery needs cost plus 10 at the register at pigly Wiggly in columbia Today's top story, Mo. I, I love the way you have phrased this. What's that? Oh, and, and wait. Where did I phrase it? No.
2: Go ahead. In Go a ahead. tweet? Yes.
3: Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: The Big Ten has notified Michigan that it may have violated. May have. May have <laughs> violated the league sportsmanship rule.
1: Possibly. Uh,
0: formal notification was received. Of potential disciplinary action is a required step in the disciplinary process via the big 10 sportsmanship policy rule 10.3.2 in the event it becomes clear this is this is great Mm -hmm. read this carefully in the event it becomes clear that an institution is likely to have subjected to discipline to be subjected to disciplinary action The commissioner shall notify that institution or individual at the earliest reasonable opportunity. Under no circumstances shall the commissioner comment publicly regarding either an investigation or disciplinary action without having first provided notice to any involved
1: institution or individual. So they are. Following their protocol. So now the commissioner is, is open to comment publicly since the institution has been notified.
0: It is now clear that an institution is likely to be subjected to disciplinary action.
1: It is now clear.
0: It is now clear that they are likely.
1: I think it was pretty clear for a pretty good while.
0: Well, Michigan fans wouldn't have you believe otherwise. They are pretty upset online. I don't know if you've seen them hashtag on here. But it is it is rough out there in Michigan land right now. They are they are going through it and they are tweeting through it. <laughs> it's it's bad. The time frame within which an institution or individual shall be shall provide or um, sorry its or his or her position shall be set by the commissioner and shall be reasonable in light of circumstances. So I mean, essentially. Nicole Auerbach is reporting that there should be a resolution by the middle of the week.
1: Middle of this week?
0: What she says.
1: That's pretty ambitious.
0: Well, uh, that's kind of, that's, that's what she said, though, right? Is that, you know, it's the time frame within which an institution or individual shall provide. It's position shall be set by the commissioner and shall be reasonable in light of the circumstances. So basically, this is saying you're not going to send them the notice of potential disciplinary action without already having said disciplinary action just about ready to go. Yeah. And. Apparently. As you mentioned last week, the. Michigan Athletics Director who is a who is on the college football playoff committee is not in today's meeting.
2: A little busy.
0: I look, man, I, this is this is this is about to get this is interesting. What's
2: gonna happen? <sighs>
1: Do they make him forfeit the games? I don't think so. I think they're going to suspend him, and that's going to be it. Suspend Harbaugh. So they're not going to do anything to the team. They're just going to – I mean, if I'm Michigan and that's all you're going to do is suspend my head coach, but you're not going to take any opportunities from us to continue to pursue a Big Ten and a national championship, I'm good with that. Here's Big Ten. I'm absolutely good with that if I'm a Michigan fan. Heck, we can we can win without him. Here's the Big Ten's problem.
0: The Big Ten's problem is Notre Dame is falling like a ton of bricks, and all of Ohio State's resume keeps getting worse. Mm. Meanwhile, Georgia's resume is getting much better with Ole Miss. Missouri looking good, Tennessee to come, maybe an SEC championship game. And if somehow, you know, Ohio State say they beat Michigan, right? That's not great for the resume because, well, Michigan is not Michigan. So it's not like it does anything helpful to your resume. So what they need is for Har Harbaugh to be coaching in that game and for Michigan to be at, quote, full strength.
1: So you're, you're not even saying you're going to suspend them for the rest of the season. You're going to suspend them for what? I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, it, it could be two games.
0: It could be one game. It could be, I don't know. But they need Michigan at full strength when they play Ohio State.
1: How how do you make that happen and address this? I don't think
0: you can. Yeah, exactly. But they're going to try. And it's going to be an underwhelming penalty for, you know, all of the things that that we have seen. Now, the – the Lang dude in Ann Arbor who works for the Associated Press came out with a story that said other teams also had Michigan's signals. I find that hard to believe. Mainly because... (laughs) Sounds good. You're not giving up 45 points in a game that you know what play is coming. I don't care how much more athletic the other team is. It's not happening. So I feel like that was that's just a big nothing bird. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But sure is interesting that the Big Ten is planning to go around the NCAA here. Because remember, this is just the Big Ten. The NCAA could still come in and do something. The NCAA could still step in. Now, it's probably not going to be this year. But if they determine that something took place and that rules were broken.
1: I don't know that they're going around the NCAA, though. I mean, maybe they're kind of getting out ahead of the NCAA in hopes that the NCAA will take what they have done as sufficient. And let's move on. And not waste NCAA resources. Well, I mean, they're already they already got an Ann Arbor bureau. I mean,
0: yeah, it's it's it, I mean, it's
1: pretty rough right now.
0: I look in the context of all of the other things that have gone on in Michigan, like you said, they they might as well just set up shop. Mm-hmm. I, to me, it feels like. You know, this this feels way worse than anything Jim Tressel did with the tattoos and basically NIM.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's what makes anything that took place at Ohio State kind of pale in comparison because it would all be legal now.
0: Well, and, and I don't
1: think. Well, and here's the thing: a lot of this. I don't know that it would be legal, but it would be less illegal. I mean you're you're gonna have electronic communications. Well
0: right yeah, and so in the in the in the bowl games, if both teams agree And why would you not? They will they will allow you to have in helmet communication <laughs> with your quarterbacks, which, you know, much like the NFL. I don't know why colleges haven't gone to this other than you know, schools like MTSU and Jacksonville State may not can afford it. But I mean, it's just it's it's two it's two microphones and two earphones and you already have coach com on the sidelines. It's I, I don't I don't. I don't think it would be that big of an expense. Mm-hmm. So, I I mean. That gets rid of this completely. But Jim Tressel was suspended for six games by the NFL for what he did. So that's right. He was suspended by the NFL to, uh, so that no team would hire him and he couldn't fall up after that situation.
1: I didn't know the NFL had a show cause.
0: And so (laughs) to me, this is just my opinion. if, you are – if you are messing with the integrity of the game, it's not just a college football issue. That's a football issue. Mm-hmm. That's a the game issue. And for me, I don't think two games is enough. I think they that the NCAA may take two games into consideration and maybe – Shorten a potential suspension from a full year to six games. But if you're Michigan, do you take a six-game suspension and all of the other things that have happened with Michigan over the last two years and just get rid of Jim Harbaugh
2: with calls? Hmm.
1: That's do you feel like Michigan is there?
0: I think at some point you've got to stop being embarrassed by your head coach. (laughs) And from day one he's been embarrassing this place.
1: Are they embarrassed? What makes you think they're embarrassed? He's two and zero in his last two outings against Ohio State, which is about all that matters.
0: What makes you think they're embarrassed that he cheated to get those wins?
1: Potentially. Potentially. I mean, hey, you don't know. They don't know. But the NCAA, all they know is they won. But the NCAA is going to find out. Well, they're going to find out if they cheated or not. But still, you can reasonably and, assume that they cheated against the best team they play. Well, but here's, here's the thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, what's the point in cheating against <laughs> Purdue if you're not going to cheat against Ohio State? Right. right. But I mean, but the question and and you're never going to know this is the thing. You can assume you can presume, but you don't know. That they couldn't have beaten Ohio State without cheating. You don't know that you do not know that. You can assume it all you want to, you don't know. Okay, but still. (laughs) And that's what Michigan fans are gonna hang on to. That's fine.
0: But I don't know that you can continue to, uh, because here's the thing, you have an opportunity to still not know Mm -hmm. if you get rid of him. If you keep him and he can't beat him, (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> then you know. Then you
0: know. <laughs> so here's your choice: get rid of him,
1: wipe the slate clean, and, and, pretend,
0: and pretend that you would have won anyway,
1: or, or keep, keep him, him and get drilled.
0: What's the what? What is that? That uh, better to be thought of fool than open your mouth and prove them right.
1: Yep. <laughs> then, then to, kind does of the same thing here yeah, uh, yeah better to be silent and be thoughtful than speak and remove all doubt is that, the way that that's it. goes yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i'll help you out there that's
0: we, that's the same exact mindset that i'm thinking here you have an opportunity to keep that we would have won anyway
1: and you'll never know and you'll never know or we can run him back out there and get the 51 to 8
0: and then we will probably,
1: well, we probably know. Probably know. Yeah, yeah,
0: so, okay. yeah. I'm just saying that's 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 where I'm. So
1: anyway. it's, it's reasonable.
0: Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, Coach Com in, in, in bowl helmets, which will be really fun. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching college quarterbacks walk around like this for half a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, bowl games are rarely loud enough. That,
1: that that's it's necessary. necessary,
0: but yeah, <laughs> I think it's a great idea. I think it's, it's really good, good for the game. And, and it would, boy, if you don't think that Rich Rodriguez and Josh Heupel are begging for coach Com, they already run plays at 20 something seconds oh. a pop.
1: They get it down to 18. Oh, and, and the, the cramp issues for those opponents just, get, just went up exponentially.
0: <laughs> Already. Yeah. So, anyway. But, yeah, looking forward to, to to seeing how that plays out in the bowl season. Let's take a break. When we come back, we will talk with Blake Lovell of Southeastern 14. going to join us here and talk a little SEC hoops. So, stick around on Main Street Sports Today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint. We'll be back in a moment. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions.
4: And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients.
0: Call 615-274-8698 today. Welcome back into Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia, Chris Yao and Maurice Patton. Time now to talk a little SEC hoops. Plenty of it yesterday, so let's get into it. And to do that, we have with us Southeastern 14s at Blake Lovell. Blake, what's up, man?
4: Hey, guys. How are you? Doing well.
1: Loving that cap. Yeah, solid. Well,
4: that's, uh, that's- we would have all loved it a little bit more had the uh, things went a little differently. They,
1: but- we, we would indeed, but, you know, everybody's
4: zero and zero now.
1: That's so right. Like- Still unbeaten. <laughs> um, which is more than we can say for, you know, some basketball teams right now, I guess.
4: True. Um, Georgia has a loss, so... Uh, I guess the state of Georgia, yeah. Uh Braves, Georgia Bulldogs basketball, football team doesn't have lost, but um yeah. So Georgia only team to lose on night one. I think that's good. Sometimes the SEC you get some upsets uh we've seen over the years on night one that makes you scratch your head a little bit, but didn't really have any of those, so that was nice.
1: Now Georgia, I mean they lost to Oregon. That's not exactly an upset, but maybe the way they played was a little discouraging if you're a Georgia fan.
4: Yeah. I mean, Oregon's picked fourth in the pac 12 and I mean, Georgia, you know, picked what 12th, I think in the the sec. So yeah, not exactly high expectations, but, um, I I don't know. I just think Georgia's kind of got a limit right now in terms of, um, what their ceiling is in this sec landscape and, you know, give Mike white a lot of credit. He came in last year and took a team that was just, I mean, completely bottomed out. Um, with the prior regime, and they won 16 games, which was 10 more than they won the previous season. So uh, I think he's done a good job recruiting and such, but it's just a hard, it's a hard league right now. And that's what we always say kind of, and this is a problem I think like a Vanderbilt ran into several years ago, is once you get so far down, when you see the recruiting, the level of coaches that are in here now, it's really hard to make your way back up. And that's kind of what we're seeing from Georgia and things like that right now.
1: Yeah, they certainly don't wait for you to get back up there. Um, as you look at the SEC and last night, who who were you maybe most impressed with, maybe?
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, I picked Tennessee to win the league. I, I thought they were about what I expected. Um, you know, from a defensive standpoint, they're going to be a top five team in the country defensively offensively, I think, you know, the addition of a, a Dalton Connect and Jordan Ganey, that's going to help them be a little more consistent there uh, this year. Will they still have those stretches that they're notorious for having? Probably it'll happen at, at some point because it's a, I think sometimes, too, it can get overblown a little bit because uh, this is a pretty good defensive league. Uh, but I think those two guys will help them be better offensively. And I mean, just think about it, right? You get Sakai Ziegler back. I didn't know when he was coming back. But, you know, we learned what I guess Monday, Sunday, something like that, that he'd be back. So that was a huge boost. You win a game where Vescovy, scores two points, you know, you win by 40. No, it's Tennessee tight, but still, I mean, that's that shows I think you've got some options offensively there. So I was really impressed with Tennessee. You know, Arkansas, probably the deepest team must is out there. I thought they looked really good. Um, You know, their two transfers, Shimon Mark and Khalif Battle, they were fantastic. I uh, already made more threes in a game this year than they did all of last year. Uh, they hit 12 in that one, so three-point shooting will improve. And then I think you just kind of have those teams. You sort of project near the top, Kentucky, Alabama. Um, you know, I thought Missouri looked good, again, just offensively and what they can do. And so I wouldn't say there's a ton of surprises around the league or anything like that, but I thought the teams at the top, you expected to be there. Um, they sort of handled their business last night, so.
0: Who are you least impressed
4: with? Well, I mean, unfortunately, I think the easy answer is probably Ole Miss because, um, you know, they scored 69 points and won by 10 against Alabama State. And, look, I I don't – it's probably not Ole Miss's fault because, I mean, they recruited a team that they're not going to have the full full team, it looks like. And I think that is where, you know, Brandon Murray, which we know, guys, I mean, Brandon Murray started his career at LSU – Double-digit score there. Goes to Georgetown. Double-digit score there. Now transfers to Ole Miss. But it just doesn't sound like he's going to get the waiver. And if he doesn't, you know, that puts a lot of pressure on this team that's already probably going to be good but not great offensively. Um, and so it puts a lot still on Matthew Morrell, which is like, you know, rinse and repeat. We feel like we've been saying the same thing for him <laughs> for the past several years there. Um, and so without him and, you know, Moussa Cisse, you know, great defensive player too. He doesn't have a waiver either. So it's going to be a bit of a grind, I think, for Chris Beard and, and year one, especially offensively. They'll play defense because we know his teams do, but Ole Miss probably the team we could pick out just because, and not just because they won by the fewest points, but I think offensively it, it's going to be a struggle unless they get Brandon Murray in there. So,
0: is Grant Nelson the early favorite for SEC Player of the Year after last night? Dude looked unstoppable.
4: Yeah. I mean, you know, I think he is, he's going to be right there because I mean, like you said, you just look at there. There's a reason why so many people wanted him and, you know, it came down to Alabama and Arkansas and it just felt like he was going to fit perfect with, with what Nate Nate Oates wanted to do there. And yeah, I mean, you look at the way he plays and um, you know, defensively, I think that was the, everybody always tries to find the things you can pick apart in the, the preseason. That was the one thing I said. I said I just want to see defensively adjusting to the SEC and all that and we still don't know because they're not playing SEC games yet, but um offensively, I just there're not many questions about this guy. He's he's going to lead them in points. He's probably going to lead them in rebounds um and you know, if he can continue to kind of block shots at a, at a good rate. Yeah, I mean, there's sometimes it's hard when you're projecting like all SEC teams and all that and you've got guys that are transferring up, even as talented as they are. You, know, you can look back, though, and say, man, look at all these great returners that are coming back, and how do you put this guy over some of these guys who have already proven in the SEC? But you could see it with Grant Nelson. He's going to come in and, and be just fine because he's playing in a Nate Oates system, and we know what that looks like at its best, and you kind of saw that for the most part last night against Morehead State.
1: Vanderbilt fans can't be too excited to look down at Baton Rouge and see that Jordan Wright had 12 points in 20 minutes with four steals three boards, um, couple of assists, and LSU's went over Mississippi Valley.
4: Yeah, I look, everybody has their, their opinions, as we know. But, like, I never understood sort of the, I don't know, love-hate at times, uh, it seemed like, that fans had with, with Jordan Wright. Um, I just thought he was such an important part of what they did last season. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I just, yeah, like, and that's why I thought him going to LSU – was huge for them because, you know, that's a team that struggled. They struggled really. really I mean, they, they were bad offensively last year. There's no other mm-hmm. way to put it, but they were bad in a lot of areas last year. That's why you're a, you know, a two and 16 team in the league. And so I think he's someone that, you know, you can kind of use in a lot of different ways because he's got a bunch of different skills that he brings to the table, both offensively and defensively. And I thought he was just such a, he was the most important pickup, I think for that team. Now, of course, you know, Will Baker led them in scoring last night, um, the Nevada transfer and all that. But I think Jordan Wright's going to wind up being the most important pickup for that team because he's got the experience. You can look around the league and just see, you know, it's teams that, that have older guys that are experienced. Um, you know, that's why we talk about like the it's invaluable that a Josiah Jordan James returns to Tennessee. It's invaluable that a Devo Davis returns to Arkansas. Um, but having a guy like Jordan Wright to play as many games as he had in the SEC, that's huge for an LSU team that. They ain't got a lot of guys on the roster that have played in the SEC a lot. And so um, I think he's going to have a great year there, and I don't know if that gets them out of the – you know, I don't know if he's enough, and even with the guys he has around him, I don't know if it's enough to get them out of the bottom four of the SEC, but I do think they will be a little more – have a little bit more of a punch offensively than they did last year, and that will give them a chance to win a few more games probably.
1: Blake Lovell, at the Blake Lovell on Twitter or X. With Southeastern 14 joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Um, Blake, you talk about guys that have played a lot of ball and have played a lot of ball in this conference. One who has not, who really had an impact at Rupp Arena last night. Uh, I tweeted last night. um, Somebody said something about T.J. Ford's son playing for Incarnate Word. and, And I tweeted as if I needed another reminder that I'm getting old. Well, <laughs> Jeff Shepard's son, Reed, scored 12 points in his Kentucky debut, going four or six from the floor, three or three from the line, knocked down a three, and just was all over the floor in their win over whoever it was. You know, they never play anybody tough in their opener.
6: But, you know,
1: um, what is he going to mean to that? Program just from an intangible standpoint, being a legacy, that kind of thing.
4: Yeah, I mean, when we when we talked about the game this morning, I said, you know, if you're trying to identify one player that I think Kyle's gonna have a really hard time keeping off the floor, and I know it's one game, but it's Reed Shepard. Like, and he was, I mean, people were not talking about him hardly at all in the offseason. Like, they were just because, and that's the way it works with Kentucky. <laughs> you just get. You know, you get all these guys and they all are, you know, top five, seven, eight, ten. And sometimes it's just, okay. we'll take the guy with the highest number. And of course, Justin Edwards very likely could be the number one pick in the draft next year. And so it's easy to kind of focus in on that. But I think what's going to make this team go is a guy like Reed Shepard. And, you know, if you watch that entire game, what you saw was not just a guy who's adding the scoring, which his dad did, too, but it's also – like it's the stuff that does not just show up stats based stuff. Like he had two steals, you know, he had a couple of assists, but if you watch him out there on the floor, what he brings in terms of like, you could see the offensive awareness, you could see the defensive awareness always seem to be at the right place, at the right time, you know, having the opportunity to either get a steal, put someone else else in a position to make a stop. Um, he's just kind of that. I, I don't know. Glue guy. Sometimes it's, it's hard to kind of pinpoint that and say it's, he's just that, but I think he's going to play a lot of minutes for Kentucky um, because he just, to me, looks like the kind of guy that, like you said, it just seems to be there. Like he looks, he's the kind of guy that should be playing for Kentucky. Like if, if Cal's going to kind of get this thing going back in the right direction, he's the kind of guy you got to have on the floor. And so uh, I think when you have him and you surround him with all the talent that's there and remember, they've got three, basically what, six eleven, seven foot guys that aren't even playing right now due to injuries or, um, you know, eligibility stuff if they get those three guys back and you add them to the mix of the guys we saw last night and a 40 point win over to Mexico state, I mean, Kentucky's their, their stock's going to rise um, pretty quickly because this could be, I'm saying could be, because we've seen what's happened in recent years. Um, it could be the most complete team he's had there. If the big guys get back uh, from injuries and, and everybody's good to go.
0: Blake, I was having a conversation last night with, with, you know, my buddies, and it was before the game started, which means that Alabama fans in, in the chat were not uh, ready for a Final Four run, but until after, you know, five minutes of play. But we we had a number in mind of teams capable of making the Sweet 16 or farther in in the Southeastern Conference. How many teams have that capability do you feel like?
4: Hmm. Well, I mean, Tennessee, like I said, I think in that category right now. I feel great about that. Arkansas, I mean, it's like you just you bet on Arkansas to get to the Sweet 16 at this point um, because they do it every year. Or at least they have the last three years. And this may be the the deepest team must have had, like I said. So I don't know how I couldn't put them in there. Kentucky, if they get the big guys back, like I just mentioned, I, I find a hard reason to keep them out of there. Um, You know, A&M, we didn't really talk about them because they just kind of had a, a usual, you know, 30 something point win, hold the team under 50 points. That's what A&M <laughs> does. But, you know, I mean, they're I think that the one thing about A&M and this is something we've been tracking is like the Julius Marble situation. You know, Buzz Williams said he was away from the team. Um, I think it was university matter, which you just you never know on that kind of stuff. You don't know what that means. I think they need him back to probably get there uh, and have kind of their full potential. But even if not, I'd still put them in, in the category just because they got maybe the best player in the league and Wade Taylor and a lot of good stuff around him. Uh, so, you know, that's that's four right there. And then I, I think Alabama, you know, it certainly has a shot, five. And then, I, I mean, realistically, I think you're looking at teams like Auburn, which Auburn plays tonight. They'll play Baylor, and we'll learn a lot about them, I think, in game one. Can Auburn be on that same trajectory? I mean, they've got my pick for the preseason player of the year in Janai Broom. So uh, they brought in some shooting, I think, around them. So that will help too. And then it's like I think what you do from there. So if you got six teams, say you take six teams from that group, I think they're all Sweet 16 caliber type teams. Um, then it's like okay, you're picking from that group of Mississippi State, Florida, Missouri, um, you know, teams like that that you really say, all right, they're kind of that sleeper type team maybe for people. And can they get there in the right setting? Sure, they can from a talent standpoint, um, but you know, surefire lock type teams that that could get there and feel pretty confident about. I think it's probably five to six. So
0: that's pretty close. Uh, you mentioned it though. The team that we all thought had the best chance to go to the final four is Arkansas. Yeah, simply because Eric Musselman may be the best tournament coach <laughs> that we've ever seen. In the yeah. SEC dude's legitimately good with maybe not as talented teams but knows how to win in March.
4: Yeah. I mean, and I feel like it kind of started here <laughs> in Nashville because if you remember, that was the, oh, man, what year was that? Uh, it was either 18, 17, 18, or 19. I don't know why. I can't remember which one. But I think it was 18. That's the year they played here in the first round of the tournament. Um, they played Texas. They played Cincinnati, and they had those two just dramatic comebacks in both of those games, and I feel like since that point on, Anytime Must has been in the NCAA tournament, the guy just pushes all the right buttons. And yeah, I mean he's been doing that. I mean, you knock off Kansas last year, you get to the Elite Eight back to back years, the you know, two prior ones. Um so yeah, and, and I think it's the thing about Arkansas, it's it's three things to me. And it's the combination of it's the oldest team he's had there. They're much older than they were last year. You know, last year they, they were heavily relying on two freshmen, relying on Nick Smith, Anthony Black. Of course, Smith was injured a lot of the year. Anthony black play, but still that's a lot of pressure to put everything kind of on those two guys. And then, you know, you add the age factor. It's the deepest team. Like I said, I think they're nine 10 deep and kind of the way we see it play out. Um, and then I just think it's again, just sort of the pedigree of what they have there and everything that he's kind of built roster wise, you know, muss is one of those guys you give the benefit of the doubt to when it comes to compiling a roster in the transfer era, because he was kind of one of the first guys to to really do it effectively. And so, it's working out for them now. Um, experience, just I think that is invaluable. As we've seen in the NCAA tournament in recent years, teams that are winning are experienced. They're teams that are doing it that way. And so, yeah, I think they're going to have a real good shot. So,
0: man, great stuff, Blake. As always, look uh, look forward to talking to you throughout the season. And uh, you know, it's going to be a good night of basketball again. Vanderbilt and Auburn both on the court tonight. So. We'll look forward to those as well. But we appreciate you taking some time with us, man, and look forward to, to seeing more on Southeastern 14.
4: Yep, I always enjoy it, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mark. We'll take a quick break.
0: When we come back, we'll talk a little more basketball. We'll react to some upsets from last night and local results. So stick around. Main Street Sports Today presented by mid Tennessee Barn & Joint. Back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
3: With Lee Company technology, the best handymen are hands off.
0: Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney owned and operated full service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions.
4: And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients.
0: Call 615 274 8698 today.
1: Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
0: Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by me Tennessee Bone and Joint Live from the League Company Studio here in Columbia and talking hoops still. As honestly, maybe two of the biggest upsets in basketball last night, one on the men's side, one on the women's side, as top ranked defending national champion LSU goes down to Colorado. And Rick Stock still goes not Rick Stock, Rick
1: Insul. Insults. Wrong Rick. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: is going I could have told you this might happen.
1: Where was that in Baton Rouge? I don't
0: know if it was in Vegas or if it was in Baton Rouge. That I don't know.
1: Um LSU was wearing
0: white uniforms, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything.
1: No, no. Um, it was in Vegas. Vegas, okay. Still. <clears throat> um, 92 to 92 It wasn't even
0: close. It was a dominant performance from the Lady Buffs.
1: I'd be interested to know how many threes they hit. Okay. <laughs> so I think they're still knocking them down against MTSU. Um, uh, three-pointers,
0: 10 of 23, percent
1: they cooled off (laughs) a little bit. Um, I, I don't know. I, uh, I think this is more a function of Colorado's probably playing with a boatload of confidence after what they did last year. And they're pretty good. I think it's more a function of that than of anything negative regarding lsu although you know the court of public opinion is going to tell you and, and i'm <laughs> i'm no kim mulkey apologist but there are a lot of people out there that feel like for whatever reason and the people that feel that way aren't looking at kim feel like lsu got their comeuppance last night
0: yeah i i i don't know all i know is that colorado proved that it was no fluke. Mm. Uh, I don't know year. that
1: anybody thought they were, but yeah. And certainly.
0: So you gotta you gotta be impressed with what Colorado did and like I said, Rick Ensel sitting there going,
2: I ain't shocked. Nope, <laughs> not
7: surprised
0: <laughs> in the least to see that happen. Um couple of really big performances from Frida Foreman. Who is a Naismith Award watch lister, and had a great night on the LSU side. They had some really good ones too. I mean, Haley Van Lith. I, I wonder how much, you know, is that they just don't have a lot of depth. LSU, you know, they've got a great front five. I mean, Angel Reese, you know, Haley Van Lith, Michaela Williams.
1: Samiah Smith, very good players. Val J. Johnson, the returning SEC Freshman of the Year, who only scored three points. Well, and that right there tells
0: you, you know, kind of the kind of night that LSU had.
1: Hmm.
0: You know what I mean? I mean, they've only got may they may be six deep right now. They've you know they've got they got eight who played double digit minutes, but I'm not sure that that's a deep eight. I think that's a necessary eight.
1: I wonder, you know, when you bring a player like a Haley band Lith in. Who, who was. Gender aside, the man pretty much at Louisville. You know, how do you integrate all that talent? Um, Anissa Morrow, I think she transferred from DePaul, maybe? Mm-hmm. I mean, for all of the positives about the transfer portal and that kind of thing, I just don't know how how you get everybody integrated. No, that's
0: and, and that's kind of that. That's really that's the tough part, you know. When when you are as talented as they are, but it's not a group of players who have been together. Know each other, trust each other, etc. You know, maybe Haley Van Lift says, Well, I've got to get mine because I'm still trying to get the WNBA. And Angel Reese says, I got to get mine too. So let's, you know, hey, by the way, and then Flager's over there, like, don't forget about me, SEC freshman of the year. And so it and and it's interesting that you say that because as I look at the statistics here. Team assists,
1: thirteen. Thirteen
0: assists to twenty-four 100. for Colorado. So, I think that's that. That could end up being a problem early. Now, probably early. gets
1: better as mm-hmm. the season goes on and they start trusting one. they you don't win a damn thing on November 6th. Nope. You can <laughs> you can lose
0: though. <laughs> Michigan State found out, but. Yeah, I know. You don't win anything in November, and and that's that's okay. Now, what, what's Jerry Stachoff will I... tell you that, you know, November matters.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, well, I mean. But I don't think LSU. Colorado isn't is Southern. Yeah, and, and, and LSU. Or not Grambling. Problem. Yeah, and I mean, and again, it's it's early, man. Um, and Colorado's no slouch. Right. So I think you got to take that into
0: consideration a little bit is both you know
1: I don't think I don't think Don Staley saw this result and went. No, no. ain't got to worry about them, no more. No, no you know,
0: So. I don't think so either. I'm with you, uh, like I said, you said earlier, James Madison goes into Michigan state and and gets a win, and he so practicing-
1: here's the thing. Apparently, Tom Izzo's nephew plays for James Madison. So, I mean, I don't know if that was a... I don't know if somebody was doing somebody a favor by scheduling that game, but I'm thinking if Tom Izzo had it to do again, maybe he wouldn't. (laughs) Well, it's not the game you really want to schedule on opening night, but... I don't know if it's a game you want to schedule at all.
0: Yeah, I mean... They're playing. Oh, deep. his
1: nephew is an assistant.
0: i oh, JMU. tell you.
1: That's even worse.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, the only problem that I have with this is that, you know, I was touting Tennessee's two point <laughs> win over the number four team on the road. And now it just looks like a, well, we didn't even beat him as bad as James Madison did. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, it, and that's kind of what we talked about with with Joe Sullivan last week was how even outside of Kansas, everything just seems kind
1: of muddled. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Well, but here's the thing: I don't know who Michigan State is going to beat when they go one for twenty from behind the arc. Nobody. Or twenty-three of thirty-seven from the from the line.
2: Twenty three.
1: of, of thirty seven. They're called free throws for a reason. That's rough. You went twenty three or thirty seven from the free throw line and you lost by three. That'll get you beat. I wonder what they're doing in practice today. Shooting free throws, maybe. Yeah, no doubt. That's a tough loss. Um,
0: additionally, though, um, think you got to be impressed, like I said, with the middle. And we'll talk about them in a little bit. Well, hang
1: on a minute. According to ESPN.com, um, Izzo's nephew, Matt Buckland, is an assistant to James Madison, a Sunbelt program that won its second-ever game over a ranked opponent, after losing 42 of its previous 43 such matchups. Buckland's mom is Izzo's sister. Izzo booked James Madison for its season opener, in part because of his nephew's role with the team. Wow. Hmm. And that won't happen again. (laughs) No, go ahead. Um, Belmont
0: struggled a little bit with Georgia State, and Sunbelt had a pretty good night,
1: to be honest with you. Yeah, but Malik Dia didn't struggle.
8: Well, and um, the other
0: kid I was trying to look up, I thought I saw Landon Seacrest post a picture with – There was another kid, the the Cade Tyson, Cade, Cade Tyson. That's mm-hmm. it. Had a great night as well. But I mean, you score 89 points. A lot of folks are going to have good nights offensively. Mm-hmm. It's the defensive side that Casey Alexander is not going to be too pleased with. Right. So, Got to be impressed though with, the, with with the way that that Belmont scored. And you know, it, it's the opening night. You 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 don't necessarily expect. You know. To just get a, when you're a G5 team, I say G5, whatever. But, you know, when, when you're a mid-major team, you don't expect to, you know, if you're playing another mid-major, it's, it's going to be a dogfight. Right. That, that team comes into your place feeling like they can beat you. They don't care who you are. And, you know, that's kind of what you saw last night at Kurt so, But, yeah, Malik Dia, 24 and 4, 10 of 15 from the floor.
1: He's going to be a difference maker, man.
0: And Jacoby Gillespie and his mm-hmm. his debut, 17 and 8, with seven assists. So, no, now he's a sophomore? Yeah. Okay. I thought he registered last year for some reason. No, Maybe he eight, played. He play. 17, 8, and 7, you'll take every time. Yeah. All day. So, well done uh, by, by, from from Belmont.
1: and. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Vanderbilt come up get on the floor tonight and to see what they put out there against Presbyterian, um, and this is a game that shouldn't be an issue, but I'm sure we said that at various points last year.
2: Yeah, well,
0: I think there's a little difference, like you, like like we said going into this this season from from what Jerry Stackhouse was his mindset last year. Mm-hmm. Before we get to this break, we have to give a major shout out to Karen Booker again, who friend of the show. First, Karen hey, look, I mean, Trevecca playing on ESPN Plus. They don't get a, they don't get a lot of chances to do that.
1: Took advantage of it
0: and took full advantage in the second quarter. That's where they won the game, twenty one seven outscored Austin P. Former Macon County standout Keeley Carter with how many? Uh, a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, 37. <laughs> uh, a great night.
1: That was her Nuke announcing her presence with authority game.
0: 19 of 20 from the strut.
1: Tom Izzo would have taken that.
0: She takes it to the hole. She draws the foul and she makes you pay when she gets to the line. So mm. a fantastic night for for the Lady Trojans, and you got to be impressed with what they did. And look, I know that Austin P fans are probably upset today, and 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 certainly understandable. But this is a Division Two tournament team, and not just that, they are they are going to be much better this year than even last year. That's a really good team they just lost to, and I fully expect Trevecca to be competing. Now I don't think they're gonna go up to Ashland and get any, you know, any wins against, you know, the defending national champs or anything. But hey, but this team is gonna compete at a very high level this mm-hmm. year, and you would be remiss if you did not get over to see them and play this this year because it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. All right, we need to take a break. Terry McCormick standing by. Stick around. Titans report right after this. Terry
2: McCormick,
8: powered by Zen Sports. Terry, what's up? Oh. Hey guys, how are you? It is your Daily Titans report, and it is powered as always by Zen Sports. Mike Brabel, about two hours ago, uh, made the announcement at his press conference that I think a lot of us expected, but uh, still kind of comes as a little bit of a shock to the system given that uh, Ryan Tannehill has been the starter here for four years. But uh, they're going forward with Will Levis, the rookie, as their starting quarterback for the remainder of the season.
1: It's kind of a sledgehammer to the forehead to hear it.
8: I mean, because. Yeah, it kind of is because, you know, the the team had, you know, kind of revolved around the Tannehill, Derrick Henry uh, type offense for, ever since basically Vrabel has gotten here almost. And now you're talking about a a little bit, maybe not a change in philosophy, but a change in one of the key personnel guys there with Will Levis now at the controls. And I think that this is going to help open up deep passes. You saw what he did in his debut, hooking up three times with DeAndre Hopkins. I think this is going to help that now. That said, I don't think this one move is going to make the Titans a Super Bowl contender anytime soon. This is still a rookie quarterback who has a lot to learn about playing at the NFL level. Uh, You know, there may be a day around the corner sometime this season where he's 12 of 22 for 100 yards with two interceptions. Those days are going to happen sometimes when you have a rookie. But I think in the brief amount of time that Will Levis has been at the controls of this offense, I think you've seen far more good than you have bad in terms of what he brings to the table. And the strong arm, while that may be impressive, I think the thing that I'm more impressed with is his ability to operate the huddle, get them set at the line of scrimmage, change plays when he needs to, all the things that you would expect to be a struggle for a rookie with very little play in time. But uh, he seems to have a knack for it. In fact, I asked Nick Westbrook-Akina about his command in the huddle today, and he said that he's been very impressive because he doesn't, you know, a lot of times rookie quarterbacks have the wristband that has the plays on it. He said, Levis just knows knows what the plays are, knows what to call. So certainly a guy who's very polished for a limited amount of experience.
0: Yes, we know. That was the big news, by the way, that we alluded to earlier. That's – that's what we were talking That's about. pretty case, big. Up in case y'all were wondering. wondering.
1: In case you were wondering what the big news was, <laughs> wonder no longer, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Terry, I guess the only the only concern, and obviously you just got to let it play out at this point, but we've kind of talked about um, this offensive line bears <laughs> a lot of responsibility in this
8: move. Uh, Yeah, because – you know, we've seen, you know, you know, that you can make a case that they're the cause of it because they're the ones that got Ryan Tannehill hurt in the first place the last two years. So certainly uh there's some culpability on the part of this line, and now they're gonna be charged with having to keep Will Levis upright. I think it does benefit the Titans that Levis has such a quick release and is able to process information and As they say, for lack of a better term, he's willing to let it rip in terms of throwing the football. And so I think that does help this line because they're not going to have to protect as long. He has some mobility. But at the same time, they cannot afford to let this guy be in harm's way too often because we've seen too many guys, whether it be uh, David Carr back in the day with the Houston Texans or Tim Couch Or even Marcus Mariota here after he broke his leg. We've seen too many guys get gun-shy and shell-shocked because of all the hits they've taken. In fact, you know, I think there's probably some validity to it if you want to say Ryan Tannehill's decline. I think the offensive line play has had had a, a part in that. So, yes, this offensive line is still an issue and one that they've got to try and figure out sooner rather than later. Although, I think it'll be the offseason before they have a chance to fully fix it.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any question there. Unless Dylan Raidens plays great, then who knows? But until then. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so,
8: Terry, tell us about Zen Sports. All right. Gladly tell you about Zen Sports. Hey, Nashville, you've been hearing me talk about Zen Sports, the new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months and i'm excited to share with you some big news now when you sign up for a zen sports account you will you will receive up to $1,000, no danger first waiver. That's right. When you ba- place your first bet in Zen Sports, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to $1,000 maximum if the bet loses. And there's even more good news Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn even more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only. So if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com/vip no other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24/7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than zensports so what are you waiting for get going and download their app at zensports.com today zensports betting just got better gambling problem call 1-800-889-9789 Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and in Tennessee to bed.
3: Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low-deductible plants. With 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This
0: is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome.
1: Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything?
6: Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice.
0: has <laughs> yeah. five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham, The <laughs> <McGee.
6: laughs> Other guy Wham married the best-looking girl, Banana Panorama. So, other guy Wham had a pretty good life.
0: From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yalmo patton On this top five Tuesday, top five sports scandals still to come. Now, though, we go to the borough where the voice of the Blue Raiders standing by is Chip Walters after a much-needed vacation from us last week. (laughs) He's back and well-rested because it's not like he had anything else to do over the weekend or last night,
6: right? Any reason you mentioned sports scandals just before you brought me on?
0: <laughs> yeah, you got scandalous. There
1: you go. There you go. Chip, um we missed you last week, man.
6: You know, well I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And uh Notice it, he
1: didn't say I miss y'all too. <laughs> <you> know,
6: <laughs> I I I did, but uh you know, it was uh see two weeks ago I was with you from from uh said beach and yeah uh, last week I had a little uh, medical procedure and uh so that uh, all went well, and
1: uh, did so everything come out all right?
6: Everything came out well, so so we're, we're moving moving forward. So, yeah. and uh, and uh, had a, uh, a a fun uh, overall trip to uh, the El Paso, Las Cruces area. You uh, know, really good football game went down to the last play with a throw into the end zone. Just didn't get the outcome, uh, and you know it was a, a really frustrating. And it's been a frustrating year. Uh, and uh, and Coach Stock, you know, talks about that and it admits that. And it's been frustrating to not be able to get, you know, a great offensive performance on the field with a great defensive performance. Uh, the last two weeks, you've had one of each. Two, or, or two games ago, the offense has one of its best games of the year at Liberty uh, on the road and puts up, 38 points, uh, but it's not good enough because the defense gives up 400 yards rushing. Then this past weekend, the defense holds New Mexico State, a team that has championship game aspirations and bowl eligibility opportunities uh, to 17 points below their season average, uh, but can only muster seven points on offense. So uh, it has been one or the other, it seems, uh, week in and week out and, and here middle is looking uh on the outside of bowl eligibility, looking in, knowing that you've had four games that were one score or less, uh, that none went your way. So, you know, you're right now at, at two and seven, you could be six and three. Uh you, you know, and and with not that much uh things different going you know, things going differently in any of those four games, but it is what it is and you are what you are. And, and you're two and seven with three games left to play. Two of them are at home, uh, against FIU this week, and which is the 41st annual salute to veterans and armed services next week will be senior day against UTEP. And then the blue Raiders will wind up the season on the road in, uh, in Huntsville, Texas to take on Sam Houston and uh, and all along uh, with that, the overlap uh, as of last night has officially begun.
1: Chris, peanut butter, no jelly. Mm-hmm. Ham, no burger. You know. That's, that's the way it goes. Kool-Aid, no sugar. right?
0: Always got one thing and not, not, a, the, not, other. not the other.
1: Yeah. Dude. Um. Chip, uh, I mean, it, it's Tuesday coming off the Saturday loss. I don't know that you've been around the team a lot in the last forty eight hours or so but when you realize that all you're doing is playing the last three games you, there there's no bowl out there for you what is the mood what is the mindset
6: well um, the, yeah the two guys that I have been around have been Nick Vadiato and trey fluella uh two of the captains of the football team. And, you know, I think one of the things that if you are a football player, you work 350 days a year, probably to play 12 games. You only get 12 chances to do that. And why would you let any of them uh, be less than, than a stellar effort uh, no matter what your situation is if you love the game of football then you're going to go out and play and i think uh y- yesterday's press conference with uh, with Vadiato and Fluellen involved they uh you know they both talked about that the tone for what was left of the year and left of the season uh was addressed at Sunday practice and that they have uh they don't have any reservation of thinking that uh, that this team is going to do anything less than play as hard as it's played all year and you know that goes back you know it goes back to kind of what we were talking about is that you know it's one thing if this was not uh, not a decent football team but the thing is they have you know they almost went to Missouri and won and and uh, you know they had a should have had a they had a 23 to 7 lead on Jacksonville State at halftime should have been 30 to 7 if not for a just a, a complete drop on a touchdown pass same thing Colorado State you have a a lead at half and give that up in the second half and you had the lead in the in the third late third early fourth quarter at Liberty so it's this is is not a bad team it is a team that has had uh, issues at bad times throughout the year and uh and it it's just you know they've taken the the league's best which right now are Liberty, Jacksonville State and New Mexico State uh they've they've taken them right to the wire uh on in all three games so it, it is uh, it is frustrating and and that that's you know that that's the the part because this is going to end up being a you know shoulda woulda coulda coulda year because you had all the shoulda woulda couldas and just could not take advantage of them.
0: Yeah, they, you're exactly right. I mean, it just it seems like they they've been on the on the verge, but not able to get over that hump. And it's, that's just that's a tough a tough end to to the bowl hopes. Yeah. With a 13-7 what, loss at at New Mexico State.
6: Yeah, and and so. and with the last play of the game being you know the last two plays of the game were throws into the end zone with a chance to win it on the, on the last two plays of the game and and uh and now the thing is you you look at uh you know as as the as leaders those the five captains uh you know you, you don't want to end this thing uh with a bad taste in your mouth even though you're not going to go bowling this year you have the opportunity to at least go into the off season uh on a with some momentum if you can take care of things in the last 3 games you have got an opportunity to end up 5 and 7 on the year and be on an uptick going into signing day uh winter workouts and uh and, and you know and more than that so i think that's where they are uh, right now and i think that's kind of you know at this point of 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 uh, what has uh, where it is I think that's, that has to be the mindset and that's got to be where they are at this point.
0: No question. Just, and, and, and the good thing is that you're not going to get a Bahamas Bowl invite and have to go to Charlotte.
6: Well, there's a,
0: there's a, there's a bright side. <laughs>
6: yeah. I mean, there's, but there, there's a lot of bojangles in Charlotte. So that, that's not a bad thing either. Uh, mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, I, I kind of expected originally. I didn't think it quite through, but when I heard that they weren't that the Bahamas Bowl was going to have to move out of the Bahamas for a year because of stadium renovations at uh, Robinson uh, National Stadium, uh, I thought you know FIU is the closest place that doesn't have a bowl game, but uh, but it makes sense because that that bowl game is an ESPN owned bowl, and with uh, the ESPN sub headquarters being in Mm -hmm. charlotte north carolina it makes a lot of sense if they're going to move it somewhere that's where it was going to be so somebody it makes a lot of
1: sense unless you were going to the bahamas and now you're going to charlotte north carolina (laughs) yeah i mean i mean it it makes sense for espn i don't know how much that's what i'm saying it
6: exactly (laughs) makes sense to them and you know because they've got uh, they've got a ton of employees there and and Mm -hmm. their remote equipment and all that so it uh, it'll help them, uh, you know, is for one year to do it this way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Poor kids.
1: Oh man. Well, last good day. news, you're going to the Bahamas Bowl. Bad news, you're going to Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got an invite to the Bahamas Bowl. Yeah, it's played in Charlotte. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Well, what was it? What was The uh,
6: the Maui Invitational uh, during COVID was played in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You talk about a kick in the
1: rear end. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's right. In the fill in the blanks. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah. Chip, let's turn to. Better brighter news? thoughts. Yeah. Better news. Better news. Late, brighter thoughts. They scored the basketball
6: funny. season last night.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, in, tell in us grand more. In fashion. Uh,
6: well, Lady writers. uh, beat the brakes off Memphis, uh, 67, 47, uh, and only played six players to do that. Uh, Anastasia Boldreva had a double double. Uh, and she was, I mean, I think last night was a great example of what she has done with her body to get stronger. She's always, she's been six, five, but sometimes it was that you know, uh, that, that stick version of being six, five, she's put on some muscle. Uh, Savannah Wheeler had a Savannah Wheeler-esque game, 17 points, Jalen Gregory, uh, o- only, uh, 12 points, <laughs> one of eight from the field, but she was 10 of 10 at the free throw line. Uh, Tamiya Scott, I think is, is the, uh, X factor on this team who has earned herself a, a starting nod. And with 38 minutes last night, had eight points, ten rebounds. Uh, Courtney Whitson, very Courtney Whitson-esque night. Uh, five points, five rebounds, five assists for for uh, Courtney, the the grad student. Uh, and Yulia uh, Grabo, uh she uh, was the one, the lone player off the bench uh, last night uh, for Coach Rick Ensel's ball club. And Memphis played. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen different players in the ball game, uh, and uh, they Memphis did a really good job on the boards, but uh, they just could not score last night. They uh, they ended up shooting twenty six point eight percent from the field, and you know give Middle a lot of credit uh, defensively for that. The Blue Raiders shot forty. 5% from the field, 60% from three, uh, or, or, or no, that 18% no, make, make that 19% for the game, and 40% uh from the field for the game, but middle shot 24 of 27 at the free throw line, 89% as a team, and and really showed just a a lot of firepower early, and and Memphis just could not keep up.
1: Kip, the six players, was that by design or, or are they dealing with some injury slash sickness early on? Or what, what was the motivation if you, there? If you've you watched
6: Coach Insel, rarely does it ever get over seven, maybe eight. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I You know, I, I kind of expected him to play about eight last night, uh, but uh, I think he – wanted to have uh, an impressive uh, win, uh, and they'll play again on Thursday morning for the school day game against uh, FAMU. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think there was anything anything wrong. I just think that was that's just kind of par for the course of what uh, Coach Insel does. He, he, he has that trust factor with uh, X number of players, and that's what he's going to stick with for a long time. Um
1: I'm trying to pull something up here and the website is not cooperating
6: with well last night you had you had, had you had Savannah Wheeler and Jalen Gregory each played forty. Courtney yeah. Whitson played thirty-nine. Uh Anastasia Boldreva and Tamia Scott each played thirty-eight minutes. And oh. uh Yulia Grabovskaya played five. And yeah. so those are your only bench minutes last night. We're, were just five.
1: <laughs> Iron Man basketball, huh?
6: There you, there you go. And uh, like again, they'll play uh, FAMU on Thursday, and then they'll play Princeton on Sunday, which uh, that's kind of one they've got circled on the calendar. And then after that, they will uh, after the Princeton game will go to they will go to the Bahamas the weekend before Thanksgiving and we'll tip that event off with Michigan. And uh, so uh, don't know what kind of scouting report Michigan may have on the Lady Raiders, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll certainly have to see.
1: (laughs) Had to throw that in there. No doubt, no doubt, but they are actually going to the Bahamas, right? Not to Charlotte.
6: Correct. They will be uh, They're They're playing at Atlantis the men uh, on their trip to the Bahamas Thanksgiving weekend uh, are playing at the Baja Mar event, uh, which, uh, and and so there'll be two, there'll be two uh, women's tournaments going on down there at the same time and two men's tournaments going on at the same time. So the women's tournaments are the weekend before Thanksgiving. The men's tournaments are the weekend of Thanksgiving, but the men have did some work last night, uh, big time. And they've got some work coming up uh this is a a sneaky tough schedule that Nick McDevitt has put together for the men i'm
0: not sure how sneaky it is too. yeah no nah, well, I mean, most, pe- most people know it ain't it, it's tough
6: i i think a lot sometimes uh fans don't understand uh i mean if it doesn't have a power 5 name beside it uh sometimes but last night northern kentucky picked to win uh the horizon league Middle led by 24 at halftime. They end up winning by 17 uh, and really uh, were hitting. The, the first half was a, about as perfect as you could play. Uh, not much to Nick McDevitt. He said on his postgame show last night on the way to the locker room, he asked Wes Long, he goes, what, well, what do, I'm on, what do I need to tell him? You, know, <laughs> you know, just keep going. Uh, and so now they turn around and they'll play. Uh, Stephen F. Austin, who won last night, uh, as well. And Stephen F. Austin is picked to be number two in the WAC. And then on Monday, uh, Western Carolina comes to town. Who's picked to win the Southern conference. So it is some mid-major madness going on, uh, here in the early season, uh, with the men's team.
1: Mid-major madness. You copywriting that?
6: No, there's a there's a there's a Twitter handle uh, out there that has some really good stuff. If you don't follow them, you ought to. But but you know here here's the the flip side of the coin. We talked about uh, Coach Ensel's philosophy and in, in playing, he played he really kind of kept it close to the vest. Had six players play middle played eleven last night and and got scoring from nine of those. Uh, the most anybody played, uh, Cam Weston played thirty four minutes, and then after that. Elias King and uh played 28, Jacob Johnson, newcomer from uh, uh uh Long Island University out of the transfer portal, played 28 off the bench. Uh Justin Porter played 27, Jared Coleman Jones played 21 and Chris Loof, true freshman center, uh the Red Rocket uh played 13 <laughs> minutes last night and uh Middlehead you know, has three centers that they were able to play. So Coleman Jones started played 21 minutes luf played 13 and josh Ogendeli, uh big jelly out of uh, the transfer from iowa he mm-hmm. played six minutes and uh, grabbed a couple of rebounds uh so th- they were able to to really keep those guys rested
1: say that for me one more time josh ogandeli
6: Ogendeli. 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 Okay. Ogendeli. Okay. and uh and it right. and it Ogan it, it, Ogandelli rhymes with his nickname Jelly. I, I I
1: caught that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um hey, I thought about you um during the Georgia game um Saturday. Who were they playing Saturday? Georgia and Who did Georgia beat? Uh
2: Yeah.
1: yeah no.
6: uh, Missouri football.
1: Yeah. When um when the big lineman, basketball, they no, lost last night. No, when the the lineman had an interception and um, was looking like he was going to get a thick six, uh, uh, almost uh, a geez. thick six. Yeah, yes, big yes. man with the ball. Yeah, big man touchdown. Yeah, um, Deli, only six minutes. Where, did you expect more? Or was that um, uh, not you... not a
6: whole lot. I think you know he he has been a a uh, they the, since he got here from Iowa. They they've they've really worked to he came in at at like three twenty and I'm not sure where he is right now. They were hoping to get him down around two ninety two eighty five. And also and and so I think you're going to you'll probably see his minutes continue along. And and uh, but, you know, right now, Jared Coleman Jones is kind of the he's the 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 ringleader of those three. Chris Luth uh can really run the floor at 6'11 and had a had a tip dunk last night on a rebound. And uh and and I've, you know he he does a good job getting up and down. One of the real stories from from last night was Jalen Jordan. Uh it had been uh Jalen came to middle uh three years ago from St. Francis. No, this is his fifth year here uh from St. Francis uh, so he came here four years ago, uh, and in that time he had uh, number first of all he had to sit out a year, and then getting ready for his first season uh, blew out an ACL, had to have surgery and was out that year, and then uh, had uh, another uh, getting ready to start uh, last season had another ACL injury on the opposite leg, had to have surgery. So it, uh, it was, had been 971 days since he had played in a college basketball game and, uh, and, uh, has been around, done his rehab. He's graduated from college. He's in grad school now, but he, he played last night and, uh, and, uh, it was really, it was almost like, you know, DeAndre Dishman's situation as long as he had set out with two injuries. Uh, but Jalen you know, we had him on the post game last night, and 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 he talked about, you know, his motivation was uh, that he love he loves to play basketball. It's been his life. He loves his his brothers that uh, he has grown uh, to know and love at middle, and he uh, he said he owed it to himself and his family uh, to uh, to get to this point where uh, you know to where he was back and able to play play college basketball. So really proud of him last night.
1: That's impressive. Obviously takes a lot of resilience on his part hmm. to get through all of that and get back to the floor in a competitive situation. Um, Chip, a quick perusal of this box score, middle out rebounded by seven in this win and still won by 15, by 17. Um, was that, is that a concern for, for coach McDevitt as he goes forward here.
6: Well, I mean, you I think you when you just look at it obviously that that uh is something that does get your attention. Uh and but I don't know that he's overly concerned with it. Uh you know, I think it it's it, it just it's it was just kind of it never I will say this in the flow of the game uh it never felt like um middle was getting uh getting torched on the boards it never really felt that way Mm -hmm. uh and and meaning you look you go back if you look at the women's box score from last night check offensive rebounds how many offensive rebounds memphis got and 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 really could not manage to score uh i I think you know i think they feel like with the size that they have and the length they have that the rebounding will be there they Mm -hmm. were they were uh I mean, pretty tickled to uh, be dead even on assists and turnovers, uh, having 12 of each last night, and had four blocks and 10 steals in the ball game. So they felt really good about that. And and I'm telling you, in the first half, uh, it was the d- the defensive job that Middle put on on Nku. Their, their their Middle's length really bothered them, and there was just really nowhere for them to operate. And I think that's something that they're gonna hang their hat on. Uh in matter of fact in the second half, Northern Kentucky just simply got away from running their regular offense and just put it in the hands of Vincent and Warwick and just had them go to the basket, and see what they could do. And that's how they, they that's how they had a little mini run in the second half, but but uh, but really it was a it was a really, really good night defensively.
0: It looks like it's gonna be a really, really good night Defensively for a, a lot this season for for both men and women. So I well, think I, I think in Middle showed last night against two really solid opponents that this is going to be a a fun year and that folks need to be making plans to get to the glass house.
6: Well, I tell you, it is going to be fun and both play really good home schedules. So uh, again, this Thursday, Middle women play FAMU at 10:30 a.m. It's going to be there will be about 9,000 uh, elementary school kids uh, from Rutherford County. And Bring the- your earplugs, the- right? Yeah, but, I mean, the energy in the building is unbelievable on these games. And then uh, Middle and Stephen F. Austin, here's a little tidbit. This will be the third straight year that Middle and Stephen F. Austin have played, and this will be the third straight year that neither team had anything to do with scheduling each other. Uh, two years ago, uh, Middle stopped uh, and played at Stephen F. Austin as part of the Cancun Challenge. Then uh, last year, they ended up playing each other in Canada uh, in that event, that MTE that they were in there. And then this year, this is part of the, uh, the Baja Mar uh, event. No, this is part. This game is part of the Conference USA oh, right. WAC Challenge.
2: Yeah. So,
6: uh, so so again, they will play for three straight years, and never did anybody make a phone call to schedule the game.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. <So. laughs>
6: well,
2: that's
0: that is what it is. Chip, always a pleasure, always fun. Thanks for getting us up to date. And we had to go a little bit over because we didn't talk to him last week, so we, we had, had to make catch up. 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 Yes, so absolutely. we appreciate you doing that and appreciate you. Uh, keep us abreast. We will look forward to seeing you again next week. All right. Thank you, boys. Thanks, Joe. All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, college football playoffs and James Madison. What do they have to do with each other? We'll talk about it. Twice in one show. Yeah. Stick around. (laughs) Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions.
4: And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients.
0: Call 615-274-8698 today.
1: Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Yes, to answer your question, Justin,
0: yes. Um three sports today presented by mid Tennessee bone and joint back real quick to talk about the college football playoff and James Madison. Obviously, the college football playoff committee did not rank James Madison last week. Probably won't rank them this week because they're not eligible for the college football playoff. The school has now sent another letter. Another one. To the NCAA requesting a waiver. (laughs) And their argument this time is the rule was in place before the college football playoff existed. And along with it, in the addendum, they attached a spreadsheet that basically shows that they would likely be the highest ranked G5 team in the college football playoff rankings if they were eligible. And that, you know, it, it would cause them undue harm financially. To not be able to participate in the college football playoff, and I don't think they're wrong. That being said, if are they, they eligible for a bowl? No, okay. they can't even play for the conference championship. They're going to win their conference. They're going to be nine and zero and not be able to play for their conference. They're going to be twelve and zero and not be able to play for their conference championship. Here's the thing the NCAA has to be concerned with. Mm -hmm. They give them a waiver. Say they grant the waiver tomorrow, then they lose. And now their college football playoff, their entire argument about being ranked in the college football playoff rankings is out the window (laughs) because they lost.
1: Maybe that's what everybody's rooting for.
0: I think that's probably what the NCAA is rooting for. But, you know, you got to think – if, if they're granted a waiver, what's stopping other teams that were not granted waivers, such as Appalachian State, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, from suing the NCAA and saying, hey, we missed out on bowl money because you said no?
1: Undue financial harm. Mm.
0: What's stopping them from suing the NCAA for monies that they could have had?
1: Mm. Yeah, that's that's a Pandora's box. Hmm. But
0: we're talking about a potentially undefeated team here and James Madison not being able to play in the New Year's Six because of some ridiculous rule that says that they're not uh they're, they're not prepared to play at the BC, at, at the FBS level.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's a tough sell right there. They're not prepared. <laughs> They're not prepared. They
0: don't even have an FCS team. Yeah, imagine team. if they were. They don't have an FCS team on their schedule. They play. Uh, they play twelve games against FBS opponents.
1: Who do they have left? Why <laughs> not? Well, no. I tried to
0: try to pull up James Madison football and the first thing come up with James basketball.
1: Madison basketball, Yukon
0: <laughs> and app state and
1: They're not going to lose to Yukon and coastal. No, they could lose either of those
0: last two app states not very good this year. I mean, this particular year. So, I mean. But, yeah, they, they they could lose to either of those. Mm-hmm. Those are decent teams. They'll be favored in all three games. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, if you're the NCAA, you're, you kind of run the risk of what happens now. That being said, I remember when James Madison was still in the FCS and – there were some teams that from their conference who were transitioning to the FBS and James Madison voted not to let them participate in the postseason.
2: <laughs>
0: and
1: so. Some, rule, some rule, may say rules for thee but not for me, huh? Some
0: may say what goes around comes around. <laughs> so, I don't know, James Madison is a tricky situation. Mm. Mm. For a lot, I mean, you 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 gotta. I don't know. Mm. I, I mean, I think I think that they. I, I think. At,
1: well, I mean, they they have a solid argument, but at the same time, that deserves to be pointed out. And, and I'm and I'm sure it will be.
0: Listen, if Jacksonville State were ten and zero with a win over South Carolina and not eligible to be able to play for a a conference championship or potentially be ranked in the CFP rankings, I would be on top of the buildings yelling. I'd be in Indianapolis tomorrow. Like, I mean, banging on the door. So I get, you know, they're wanting to be ranked, but Mm -hmm. also I understand that. Well,
1: I understand that those were the rules when they came in.
0: They were the rules, antiquated as they may be. But if, and this is what I, what have I said about the TWSWA and waivers? If you got a process, but never grant them, why have a process? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Is it, why am I going through this process when it's not going to, I mean, if there's no chance of you granting the waiver, then why is there a waiver available?
1: Because we might. Someone might hit us with an argument that we just go. You know what? Well, if
0: James Madison's argument isn't one of those, there isn't one out there.
1: Yeah, but again, I mean, again, rules for thee, but not for me. I mean, I I
0: understand that, but the fact is that they are they would they would be ranked in the top twenty of the college football playoff. Yeah,
1: they're they're kind of the unicorn. In, this In 2023,
0: this today, they deserve the waiver. It's not going to matter tonight. Tonight, what's going to happen? Does Georgia overtake Ohio State after a dismal first half from the Buckeyes and a pretty decent win over a top 12-ranked Missouri team from Georgia? Is that enough to put them over, especially with Notre Dame's loss?
1: I don't know that it is, though, because, I mean, this committee kind of strikes me as, you know, as by looking at what they did in the opening week, I think they are a win-focused committee, and I don't know that I'm not sure the style points necessarily exist. with. Well, I think Resume does, though.
0: And, and, again, Georgia, Georgia beating top 12-ranked Missouri, Notre Dame once again losing. That that win keeps falling down the list of good wins. <laughs> and I don't know who else Ohio State's got on their schedule that makes you go, yeah, that's a good win.
1: Other than Michigan. Penn State. A, a, it. You know, a Michigan team that theoretically isn't still stealing signs.
0: Right. I mean, the, the, the win over Penn State was probably their best win. But is it as good or better than a home win for Georgia over Missouri? I guess that's up to the you know up to the committee to decide. Mm-hmm. I don't know that anything changes though.
1: You know the bigger question, though, as posed by a friend of the show Jerry Palm of CBS Sports, is does Washington jump Florida State?
0: After they win over USC, man, I don't and know. And
1: Florida State only winning by 17 at Pitt?
0: Eh, I think 17 at Pitt's a pretty good win, considering that, who was it that just went over there and lost? Who went up there and Pitt beat them?
2: Louisville?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's at, it's at on the road in conference, you mm-hmm. know. 17's a pretty good win. I don't think that changes. Even though I think Washington's win over USC was pretty impressive. It's close. It's real close. Those are the two. I mean, I think that I think that's a that's a potential for a jump, but I don't think that they do it. I think they I don't think they're going to be mad at FSU for only winning by 17 on the road.
1: No. I don't know that anything changes.
0: If anything changes, it's Georgia and Ohio to
1: State.
0: If anything. And that's about as close as I get.
1: I don't really think anything changes.
0: Does Michigan move? Again. Now that AD is not there, they know that something's coming down the pike.
1: I think mm-hmm. this committee is going to wait until whatever is coming down the pike gets here. So, Michigan and- at three. And yeah, and and I think again, I think they're waiting for the states to do their dirty work. There you go. All right. Well,
0: we don't have time to take a break, so let's just go into the top five. It's top five Tuesday, brought to you by our friends at Mid South Five Fitness, Dallas, Dallas still in the game and at Steel Athletes, S-T-E-E-L athletes on Instagram. Top five sports scandals. Let's see here. Google random number generator. Where are you today? We'll start with Justin. Justin, you will be number two. Mo will be three and I will be number one. Ah, So I will be three and four. You'll be three and four. (laughs) Correct. Yeah, you got the you got the the good role. You got, got the good role today. All right. So my number one. Is going to be the Black Sox. Okay. Kind of hard to go around that one. All right. Uh, Justin, number one. My number uno is
7: Lance Armstrong.
2: Mm,
7: that's a Good one.
1: It's a good one. Um. My number one will be Michael Vick.
0: It's a good well, one.
7: Solid. Number solid two. number one.
1: My number two will be, speaking of sign-stealing, the Houston Astros. Oh, wow. Don't
2: yeah, forget uh, Yeah.
7: Justin, number two? My number two is Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan in the Olympics. You're not
1: old enough to remember that. Yeah, but it's great. I
7: They've had a lot of rap songs that mention it, so i Googled. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. When I watched the 30 for 30. It's insane. Mm. It my, was insane.
0: It
1: was, it <laughs> was, should was, have been there in real yeah. time. Yeah.
0: No kidding. My, no, my number two is Pete Rose. And the gambling
2: mm-hmm. situation. Clearly Classic.
0: baseball is, and gambling is a theme mm-hmm. here. But, uh, number three, speaking of gambling, uh, Kim Donahue. Mm-hmm. Y'all are killing me. Killing me. Man.
2: So.
0: Alright,
7: JK. Hmm. Did you watch that thirty for thirty? So what? Yeah, it's a good one. It's
0: a <laughs> yeah. really good one.
7: Yeah, for sure. Uh my number, what is it, three? Uh, is going to three. be I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I have a number three, but I'm gonna use this one as number three, hoping I can get my original number three for number four. Uh I'm gonna go Deflate Gate.
2: Mm-hmm. With uh,
7: our man
0: Tom Brady. Okay. You you could just say the Patriots in general. Yeah,
1: you're right. <laughs> um, is it my turn?
0: It is your turn. We got two in a row.
1: I'm going with SMU. Pony Excess.
7: Pony. Love, best it, name of a, of a film ever. <laughs> or like Scandal.
1: <laughs> and it's still me, right? Mm-hmm. It's still me.
0: It's you again, Margaret.
1: Um, Penn State. It's a good one.
0: All right, Justin,
7: did, did he, he take it? No, no, two. my, I, I, I figured I might be able to keep it in the back pocket for a while, but uh, cause it, cause it's golf. But Tiger Woods telling, showing, the world. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to showing hold the world, the world, he
0: pulls and he God. he goes out at night. <laughs> well. Since you took that one, I'm going to go with Kobe Bryant, mm. Slam Dunk Giant. Beat mm. Kobe, son. Don't try it. <laughs> I've never heard that. That's good.
1: I, I had Kobe on my list.
2: Um,
0: I was
1: trying to milk him.
0: Yeah. It's, it, it, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. So the next one is sort of. It, it's it's kind of a, a bystander of the actual like thing that created the scandal, but O.J. Simpson's Heisman trip. Oh
7: man, literally, my. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I was my girlfriend just like pointed out that that one was like you should say that one next
0: and because, should... I mean it's it, it, it the, the, the taking his Heisman away wasn't really this. The the thing it wasn't really a sports scandal, it was just a sports figure in a scandal. Right. But it created one of the greatest ESPY jokes of all time. And that's when Norm mcdonald said to, Ray, to to who was it? He said, "That is Charles Woodson. That is something they can never take away from you, unless you know you're charged with killing your wife and or <laughs> your ex wife or something." It's <laughs> a great Norm mcdonald joke, but. <laughs>
1: His delivery. Great Norm MacDonald. You know. <laughs> dude,
0: yeah. dude was ridiculous.
1: Uh, he was but,
0: yeah, OJ, I mean, yeah, taking OJ's uh, husband away, which sent him on a spiral.
1: Yeah. yeah. Whose turn is it? Is it Justin's turn again? It is Justin's turn. This is
0: number five, right?
7: This yeah. is
1: That was your fifth, right? That was my five. Okay.
7: Um, Could I? Okay, so Ray Rice.
2: Mm, yeah.
7: Mm -hmm. That's a scandal, right? Or was that just a crime? uh,
1: (laughs) Both? That shouldn't be funny. I'm sorry. (laughs) Is that a scandal or is it just a crime? uh, Crime
0: crime and scandals. It was
1: pretty scandalous. They they go
0: together like a horse and carriage.
1: (laughs) Sure. (laughs) My number five is... Danny Almonte. I was going to
0: ask. I was, was going to mention it if you didn't take it. So yeah. Danny Almonte, that's a good one. Yeah. The the the, the 15-year-old playing 12-year-old baseball. Yeah. No wonder he was so good. Hmm. Go figure. Yeah. okay. All righty. That is your Top oh. top Tuesday brought to you by Mid-South 5 Fitness, Ballast Steel, at Steel Athletes on Instagram, and SteelAthletes.com, S-T-E-E-L, athletes. Um, Tomorrow is Wednesday, which means Heather Williams will join us and talk about the NASCAR championship. And boy, last two weeks have been tough for NASCAR folks because Ryan Blaney came out of nowhere mm-hmm. to win a championship. So we'll talk to her about Ron Blaney's win at Phoenix. We'll talk about what come, what goes on you know, now starting in the offseason. Of course, uh, NASCAR Speed Week will be in Nashville a little bit later this month. So that's all coming up. Uh, should be a lot of fun. We'll talk more basketball. Obviously, Vanderbilt uh, will be on the floor tonight. And of course, it is Wild and Wacky Wednesday, the weirdest and wildest news from across the world will come your way. So don't forget. I'm Florida. And, and, and in Florida. So should be fun. Come back here on Main Street Media TV at 2 o'clock for Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond Joint. We come back to the Lee Company studio each and every day. We'll see you then.